1: The Game 730 AM Studio is powered by Driven Collision. We make friends by accident. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 7.30 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive.
2: Time to break
1: the game Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. Guess who's back, 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 back again?
2: Beanie's back. Tell a friend.
1: Here's your host and professional hellraiser, Beanie Howell.
3: well welcome in it's offensive minded beanie here dr j there making her debut this week
4: (laughs) my debut
3: yeah everyone's been asking where you've been oh i've been around well it's a friday i don't really want to do a bean counter do you no because like which one do we pick do we do lions no, I, it's, it, it doesn't move the needle. If we're going to do a bean counter, it has to be about one of the conference championship games.
4: Yeah, let's just not. You know
3: what? No, let's do. Oh, okay. I'm going to poo-poo that. Okay. <laughs> let's do one. But I don't want to do it about Michigan and Iowa. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Which one do you think is going to be the best one this weekend? Isn't it great when we have production meetings on air?
4: <laughs> Absolutely. The
3: people love it.
4: Should we do the, the Pac-12 one since it's, it's swan song?
3: So that's the one I'm most looking forward to just because, you know, Oregon-Washington rematch, mm-hmm. and I think Oregon's going to get a big helping of revenge. But I suspect, you know, every game Washington plays is close. Yeah. So it's probably going to be a good game, right? Mm-hmm. Now that I said that, it'll be the most lopsided one. <laughs> like Oregon just runs away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That's, that, that's the one I'd be leaning into.
4: Well, I think it makes sense because it's the last one, too.
3: Yeah, that's so true. Why not? Well, let's go through the other options first. Why the hell not? We okay. already started this production meeting on air. <laughs> let's, let's
4: finish it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Conference USA, <laughs> New Mexico State, and Liberty. No, thank you. Okay.
4: Well, isn't the Liberty coach the guy you wanted?
3: Yeah, he was my or number two. Hire- okay, so Urban there's, Meyer, There's a storyline there. Chadwell. They're 12-0. Okay. Ranked number 24. Okay. Okay, the Big 12 title game is Oklahoma State and Texas. Eh. Now, if that had been a rematch of Oklahoma and Texas, that'd be different, but it's not. I'm not all that into the SEC title game, Georgia and Bama. Yeah? I think Georgia's going to roll them. Mm.
4: But if Bama wins, then they're in the playoffs, right? If
3: Bama wins, they're both in the playoffs. Let's be real. Well,
4: Right. Yeah. So it's a big deal for Alabama, not oh, necessarily sure. for Georgia. Well, I mean,
3: yeah, it's still a big deal for Georgia, I think. Don't you?
4: I mean, I'm I don't sure, don't they want to
3: lose to Bama. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we can agree it's not the American Athletic Conference game, right? SMU and Tulane. No, thanks. We talked the big... Wait, Tulane's the, the green wave, right? Right. I love their mascot. It looks like a moldy piece of cheese.
4: It looks like an angry wave. It's It's awesome.
3: The Big Ten title game does nothing for me, obviously. Right. I, why even play that? You shouldn't. And then the ACC title game, I mean, Jordan Travis is out. Again, we, we can talk more about this, but we talked earlier in the week. I think Florida State has to be disqualified for the playoff. Why? You weren't listening earlier this week? Of course not. All right. Well, that's offensive <laughs> and hurtful. <laughs> it's
4: offensive-minded, isn't it?
3: it go- good point. <laughs> fair is fair. Go something like this. What's the point of the playoff committee? What's their charge?
4: To have the best teams
3: in the playoff? To select the best four teams. Mm -hmm. Is Florida State one of the best four teams?
4: Not anymore.
3: Right. Yeah. The quarterback being hurt changes that. I mean, I appreciate what they've accomplished this year, and it sucks, but also they're clearly – they're not one of the best four teams without the quarterback. By the way, the second string guy is now questionable Oof. for the ACC title game against Louisville. Also, there's this: I'm not even sure they deserve to be in the playoff, even at full string. The mm-hmm. ACC is the worst Power Five conference by a mile this year, mm-hmm. and that's saying something. Because think of how bad the Big Ten is. Yeah, the ACC is worse. Oof. How yeah. else does Jeff Brom go ten and two in year one at Louisville, getting the ACC title? Well, I'll tell you why. It's no good. It's no good. Miami's down. Clemson is just mediocre again. Florida State is good, sure, but yeah. Anyway, ACC title game doesn't do it for me, Doctor J. You've sold me. I'm good with that. Let's the bean counter. The subject of today's bean counter contest is the last ever Pac-12 title game. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's the
4: conference of champions.
3: Did you see they basically aired their a commercial for their funeral last week? Really? I think it was during the Oregon, Oregon State game. <laughs> and they had this ESPN put together this vignette. It was like a historical, like high-level look at the Pac-12, and it was so sad. Mm. And it was like over a hundred years ago, a group of West Coast colleges came together in a shared vision for athletic competition. It was very corny. Oh, boy. It it didn't move me the way the picture from Oregon Twitter did with the duck with his arm around the beaver Mm -hmm. looking at the stadium the last time. That one got me. From behind them. Yeah. Oh, that was sad. Yeah. (sighs) But the little thing ESPN did was I just laughed. I'm like, you're dead.
4: (laughs) You shouldn't laugh about something like that.
3: Well, I can laugh at the Pac-12. I don't care about them. I care about Oregon State mm-hmm. to a lesser extent, Washington State because it's not their fault. Poor Beeves. But it happened because of the incompetence at the level at the conference level. Yep. So yeah, I, I don't feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. They're the ones screwed the pooch. That's true. Also, though, you could argue it was the athletic directors and conference presidents who had that meeting earlier this summer where Apple offered like fifty million per year per school, and they said it's not enough. And then the next day, they all started defecting. Colorado left. Anyway. Yeah. Here's how tomorrow will sound on... It's ESPN, right? The Pac-12 title game? ABC. ABC. Well, so ESPN. Yeah. Want to be on both? I don't know. Not for us. In this part of the world, it would be ABC for sure. 8 o'clock on ABC. Coming to you live from Las Vegas. It's the 2023 Pac-12 Football Championship game. A sad isn't it? Uh. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they'll play Roy Orbs and it's over? Probably not. <laughs> it's good though. Anyway, that'll be the bean counter contest, okay? Total points combined between Oregon and Washington without going over. And whoever's closest to accurate will win a $25 gift certificate to the Nuthouse of downtown Lansing. Here are all the ways to get your bean counter contest picks into this show, which we'll do until 6 o'clock. Phone line 517-300-4263. Email the show beanie at wvfnam.com. Send it over from Facebook. Message or comment. Search Facebook for the game 730 AM to do that. Or use the free game 730 AM app. Just click chat in the main menu. That sends it right over to us. Okay? Sound good? Dr. J, uh, for betting purposes, or actually this will give people some insight on how to pick the bean counter score Mm -hmm. for Oregon and Washington. Oregon, a nine and a half point favorite. Wow. Okay. Well, think about it. They they have been dominant, not good, not great, dominant since their only loss to Washington, Mm -hmm. at Washington, a three point loss, you know, on a field goal at the end in a game where Dan Lanning went for it on fourth down a lot and didn't get it twice that could have that was probably the difference in the game. Yeah. I just, I feel like Oregon's going to torch them. Look, you guys know how I feel. Oregon has been on top of the beanstalk for like 6 weeks, basically since 2 weeks after that game.
4: They are the giant at the top of the beanstalk.
3: Hey, nice. That's why they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> But yeah, they have been. I, I think they've been the best team in America. I do. I think the, the point of the beanstalk is it's just my personal power rankings, but it's not based on accomplishment or what happened last week. It's my order of who would beat whom right now on a neutral site. And Oregon has been at the top of my list for like six weeks. Yeah. That means I think they're the best team in the country. Georgia has been right there with them. Does that mean if that's a national championship game, I'm for sure picking Oregon? No, because things can change between now and then. But if they played right now, I honest to God think I would pick Oregon. Because hmm. Georgia has been a little shaky at times this year. Oregon hasn't looked vulnerable since that three-point loss. And Bo that Nicks, was like a
4: rivalry game, right? Kind of? I, gu-
3: I guess it technically is, yeah. But Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman. His numbers are obscene. Look... We talked earlier in the week. I'm real tired of hearing about how much tougher the Big Ten's getting. Because it ain't. UCLA, anyone checked in on what they did this year? Mm. Yeah. That's not exactly scaring me for for the rest of the Big Ten. But everyone says, well, what about SC? (laughs) SC. Serious take here. This is not a bit. I think USC is in for a rude awakening when they come to the Big Ten.
4: They have no defense. Yeah. How can you play That's in the true. Big Ten with well, no defense? I
3: think they'll be better by virtue of their defense will improve, but they're going to lose Caleb Williams probably. Not that Lincoln Riley can't find more good players, and it's not hard to get good players at SC. But, dude, their whole approach does not translate well. It's very finesse and soft, and that's been the biggest issue under Lincoln Riley. And, by the way, that predates his USC tenure. That's Oklahoma's problem under him. That's why they couldn't win in the postseason. They weren't physical enough. I'm not saying USC's going to go 6-6 and every year, but I don't think they're going to come in and just be among the glitterati at the top of the Big Ten like everyone is assuming. No. If that were the case, why haven't they been ruling the Pac-12? Because... If they're supposed to be so dominant in the Big Ten, you'd think they would do it in the Pac-12, but they haven't. In fact, the only period of sustained success at USC in my lifetime came as a direct byproduct of cheating, of paying players, of buying Reggie Bush's parents a house, all that stuff that got wiped out by NCAA penalty. If you take that out. Of the history books which I guess they technically did But remove that from consideration That SC run under Pete Carroll They've done nothing for a generation I'm not scared of them Washington Let's see what they look like Next year when Penix and those three NFL wide receivers Are gone I'm not saying they're going to fall off and and crater into four and eight Like Michigan State I think they'll still be a winning program Because I think they got a hell of a coach But they ain't going to look like this like the last two years, that's not going to be the norm. They're probably going to be a nine-win team, and that's fine. The real thing everyone should be worried about is Oregon because Dan Lanning has turned Oregon into the SEC program in the Pacific Northwest. That thing has run like an SEC program, which makes sense because he was the D coordinator at Georgia. He's young, too. Like, if they do this right, they could lock him up long-term, and that could be a monster. Oregon has a ton of resources now with all that Nike money. They got a good thing going. He's returned Oregon to, like, the height of the Chip Kelly era. That's what everyone should be afraid of is Oregon. Aside from that, I just see, you know, some... I see two marginal teams in UCLA and USC, and frankly, two marginal programs... USC gets so much hype, and again, they've done nothing in my lifetime if you, dis, if you exclude the losing or the, the cheating. I'm not afraid of them. Not afraid of UCLA either. Washington, I think, is better than both of those programs. But then Oregon is the monster. Mm-hmm. I think the Big Ten is going to be set up as a clash in the long term. Unless, you know, something unforeseen happens, like, I don't know, what if we find out Dan Lanning's been operating some heretofore unheard of surveillance (laughs) scheme, something like that. Barring something like that, I think the Big Ten is going to be between Ohio State and Oregon in the high-altitude look. Because, and I know Ohio State fans are feeling real down, and you should. Anytime you lose to your rival, it's crushing. Especially when that much is on the line at the end of the season. Basically, it ruins your year you can't get into the playoff now i i get that you should be disappointed if you're a buckeye and in the context of losing three in a row that definitely sucks that's why some of you want to chase ryan day out of town with torches and pitchforks even though he's 56 and seven and three of the seven are about to be vacated he's lost three games ever in the big 10 they're all gonna get undone and wiped out he was one play away for winning a national championship last year, probably. In fact, if Ohio State had SEC standards, they do win a national championship last year because when Georgia kill shot, kill shotted, which is the correct I, verb tense, kill shotted sounds funnier. Kill shotted. When Georgia kill shotted Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> in the end zone, an SEC school would have told him, you know what, son, here, rub some dirt on it. Here's some smelling salt. Get back out there. Get
4: back out there. Mm-hmm.
3: They couldn't account for him. They would have won the game. But they didn't do that. They took him out for concussion protocol. It cost them probably a national championship.
4: It was the right thing
3: to do. Yeah, but at the SEC, it just means more. Oh, boy. Winning that game means more than your long-term mental health. No. Or uh, physiologically or otherwise. But, yeah, like that's how close they've been. My point is, and I said this, um, I don't know if you've heard it earlier in the week, Dr. J, but breaking down... The Michigan Ohio State result. I know in Columbus it's DefCon One, but Michigan's about to get nuked to the Stone Age by the NCAA. And like, how bad will it be? Is that some hyperbo- hyperbo- uh, hyper 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 hyperbole?
4: Not hyperbole,
3: hyperbole as ESPN <laughs> would say. No, yeah, I'm I'm being a little dramatic. Yes, like I don't think Michigan's getting the death penalty, but I do think Michigan is going to vacate a lot of stuff and have some scholarship reductions and probably you know have like a one-year postseason ban at least i I think it's gonna be something like that there are gonna be consequences that hurt the program but even aside from that michigan is going to lose close to 20 players to the nfl in this draft alone their coach is probably gone one way or the other like there's going to be some attrition and some growing pains next year for michigan ohio state's program is still superior to michigan's it is set up for way more long-term success if only because of this Ohio State still gets better players than everybody else, and it ain't close. Ohio State regularly pulls in a handful of five-star players per class. Michigan doesn't even average one per year. That's a massive difference. And by the way, this is not my opinion. Just go look it up. Go look up the recruiting class stats for the teams that win the national championship. So let's just play a fun little exercise. Because I looked this up. I thought it was true, and guess what? The anecdote matched the stats. The last two national champions have been Georgia. Who was it before that? LSU? I, I would
4: not uh, know.
3: Alabama was in there. Clemson. Those are like the last five. Just for those last five, guess what? Each of those five seasons, the teams that won the national championship were among the top three in, in terms of total five-star recruits on their roster. Huh. There is a direct relationship. It's almost like that matters. You have to have the best players to win a national title. You just do. It's that simple. That's why Ohio State's program is still set up for more success in the long run over Michigan. And I know it feels like it doesn't feel that way right now to anyone paying attention and certainly not to Ohio State fans. But that's why they can't fire Ryan Day. Now, if he loses a fourth in a row next year when they're like gutted, from NFL attrition and maybe some penalties and all that. Okay, we can talk then. But also you can't fire Ryan Day without a home run plan in the works. And who would it be? Urban Meyer is too bitter to do that. Like he's bitter about how it ended there. You know who I think it would be? Or if I were in charge of Ohio State and we have to fire Ryan Day this year or even next year, you know who I'm calling my very first call? Who is it? Dan Lanning. Oh. SEC pedigree, proven program builder now. And think about what he could do in Columbus with those resources and built-in advantages. That's a scary prospect. Yeah. Young dude, too. He's got the piss and vinegar to, like, hustle on the recruiting trail and NIL-wise. Yeah, that could be a scary union. I've seen a lot of silliness. Ohio State fans putting out photoshops of Deion Sanders and Scarlett and Gray. Oh, Come no. on. They they are not going to take... Ohio State doesn't hire guys that to take a flyer on. If they do, it's someone like Ryan Day who is groomed into the role. It, it won't be Deion Sanders or someone like that. It'll be someone who has proven, right? Yeah. Anyway, how did I get onto that? You know, the point is, I think the future of the Big Ten is between Oregon and Ohio State. That could change, sure. But yeah, Michigan
4: not... State won't be in the mix for another couple years. You think so? That's yeah. the
3: other thing I wanted to ask you about. Well, let me do that on the other side. Okay. Because a lot has, a lot has happened since you last appeared on this show. I know. A lot that you haven't weighed in on.
4: Um, yeah.
3: Okay, before we get out, let me get a, a few of these messages in, okay? Because we already have a few submissions.
4: Okay, go for it.
3: It's first come, first serve. Yes. And what do you know? The mayor of Holt... John Freeberg is first in line. Those politicians, they're always greedy. Yes. <laughs> he says, he messages in in the free game, 7.30 a.m. app, John Freeberg and Holt does. He says, I think Florida State will lose to Louisville, so you don't have to worry. Do you think Texas deserves to get in the playoff? He also says 63 for the bean counter. Well, of course, you're very first, so you get that. And then he says, where's Dr. J Ben?" Can I say? Go ahead. Rehab. <laughs>
4: no. <laughs> yep, that's it. He told you. I've just cut down on hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the truth, All right? right? All right.
3: That, may, that may be your truth, okay. as the kids say nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think Texas deserves to get in the playoff? Yeah, I think a 12-1 and Big 12 champion Texas deserves the bid over Florida State. Yes. I think the playoff field will look like this. Georgia number 1, Michigan will probably be 2, Oregon is 3, and Texas is 4. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. Like some people might argue, "Oh, Oregon should be ahead of Michigan if they win the Pac-12 title." Well, first of all, Michigan will be 13 and 0 and Oregon will be 12 and 1. So that's a hard argument to make. I get it. Oregon has a way better resume. They beat better teams. They've played in a better, much better conference. I get all that, but it honestly doesn't matter because two and three play each other no matter what. Yeah. So either way, Michigan and Oregon, in my book, is, is going to be an opening round playoff game, which is... It's going to be good. <laughs> is it though? I, I think Michigan will be walking into a buzzsaw. Again, like, make, make no mistake, Michigan is head and shoulders, the class of the Big Ten, for the last three years. Yes, we can make all the cheating jokes we want. How much of it derives directly from that? Whatever. The point is, they didn't need it, at least this year. I mean, there's, Ohio State is not the regular Ohio State on offense this year. Michigan is so far better than everyone else in this league. Take nothing away from that. The problem is, this league is a hot, heaping pile of garbage. Yep. And the Pac-12, ironically, in its swan song season, was good was arguably the best league this year. And Oregon dominated it, except for one Saturday in Seattle when they lost on the last-second field goal in a game their coach gambled too much on fourth down. I suspect they're going to get revenge. Okay, so Freeburg's in. Next, we go to Bucky and Langsburg who says 72. <laughs> wow. Now, that would be fun. But yeah, that's available. And he says... At the game, they should play It's Over by Loverboy. Okay, you know Ooh. what? I can probably make that happen when we come back from break. <laughs> or uh, The End by The Doors. This is the end. My only friend. The end. <laughs> hey, you know, he's a California guy. Yeah. Whatever they do, it can't be nearly as bad as that awful little vignette ESPN played last week. I'll see if I can find that and we'll play it. It was so corny. Mm. I can't take much of it, though. Okay, last one before we get out. Is it Annie Morris? Yep, it's Annie Morris in East Lansing, and she says 55. Yeah, of course. Right? No one else has taken that. Yep. Okay, I think we're caught up for now. Yes, we are.
4: Should you check email, or are we going to do that and We'll later? do that on the okay. other
3: side, and we'll come back and pick your brain. Dr. J has not formally given the blessing or poo-pooed the Jonathan Smith hiring, and I would like to know where she stands on it. So will you let us know? Yes after these words at Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with Nachos and Kneecaps, the Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game, 7.30 a.m. and Brock Palmbush every week, about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions' angle, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask sales, and everything else. Nachos and Kneecaps, presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason, is also brought to you by Miller Lite. On Classic Rock, 94.
0: who get it done. When you're
1: from America, that's your team. Beanie Howell with Offensive Minded on the game, 7.30 a.m. It starts with one thing I don't know
3: Dr. J, I know you're familiar in our industry. We have a delay,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, in case someone violates FCC regulations. Right. But did you know the computers in the studio also have a delay? Oh. Yeah. Neat little feature. Yeah. You know how, like, they say if the sun exploded or just vanished, we wouldn't know for eight minutes yes. because that's how long, that's how far away the sun is from Earth. Eight light minutes.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That's the same delay. <laughs> That's from the keyboard <laughs> to this computer oh, monitor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, that's some technology right there.
3: <laughs> if you want to call it that. Wow. Crap. Anyway. All right. It's, it's a Bean Counter Contest edition of the program. But, uh, it's about the Pac 12 title game. Hooray! Yay. The last one ever. Actually, you know what? We can do better than that. The Bean Counter Contest, the subject thereof, the final ever. Pac-12 title
1: game.
3: Shout out Bucky and Langsberg who suggested a little Loverboy when it's over as the theme for tonight's Pac-12 championship finale. Hey, any chance I get to play 80s music on this show, I'm going to take it. Especially Loverboy. Hey, you saw them in concert, didn't you? I did.
4: It was like an 80s night and Rick Springfield was the, the headliner.
3: Oh, so your mom was there.
4: Yes, she was. <laughs> and she was
3: in her feels.
4: <laughs> she, definitely. As the kids would say. But Loverboy was cool. Yeah? Yeah, the show was awesome.
3: Even though they... Let's just say the, the years haven't been kind.
4: No, they didn't look the same. As my mom put it, they're just different.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, a little bit less hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little bit more around the waist, but she's, that happens to most of us. <laughs> Present company me, like me included, oh, not no. you so much. You, you want to know what she said to me? Yeah. She said, there's not hot
4: anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, they're all <laughs> oh, like <boy>. 60-something. It <laughs> okay, happens. Okay, mama.
3: It happens. Not everyone can be tempted out and be so right into their 70s. Mm-hmm. All right, bean counter contest, total combined points between Oregon and Washington. Tonight, the Pac-12 title game, the last one ever is tonight. Total combined points between those two without going over. Whoever's closest to accurate, again, prices Right rules without going over will win a $25 gift certificate to the Nuthouse of downtown Lansing. Out to the phone lines, 517 Dan and Delta Township. What's up, man?
2: Hey, Brandon and Jessica. How you doing today?
3: All right. What you got for us?
2: I'll take a uh, 65 if that's available. It is.
3: All right. Anything else?
2: I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Um, and then, regarding the the four team playoff field, you know, obviously, it, with the exception of the two times I they've played state, I'm a big Bama fan, so I'll be rooting for them tomorrow. But they'll, even if they beat Georgia, I, there's no guarantee that they'll make the playoffs because I think, I'm not saying that they, quote unquote, deserve, deserve, the other team, quote unquote, deserves to or that they should, but if Florida State beats Louisville, Regardless of what else happened, Florida State's going to be in the playoff. That's my opinion.
3: <laughs> well, I think you're right based on how the committee ranked them this week. They are not taking my approach, which would, be, which would be Florida State does not belong in because of the injury at quarterback. I think you're probably right. They will be in if they win. I'm just saying they shouldn't. I would, I would give the nod to Texas.
2: And speaking of that, because you had said you think that George is going to beat Bama pretty decisively, do you think Louisville has a decent shot at beating Florida
3: State, or do you think Florida State? What's the line on that game? Um, I'll get that for you. But I do think Louisville has a chance because now there's word that the second-string quarterback is doubtful for Florida State for that game. I mean, who's playing quarterback? Mike Norvell going to suit up? I mean, he's not that old. Uh, The line is Florida State, it's shrunk, man. Florida State lay in one and a half. This thing, it opened up this week. It was over a touchdown, and it is just shrunk. Okay.
2: Okay. Well, I guess that's why they play the game. So uh, have a good weekend.
3: All right, man. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I I do think Louisville has a chance because, for one, the ACC is hot garbage. And look, I don't have anything against Florida State. I like Florida State. Yeah. I don't mean, like, their chances. I mean, I I enjoy watching Florida State play. I always have. Maybe it's because it reminds me of childhood because they were always so dominant growing up in the 90s.
4: When you like their their chants and i love the war chant
3: and yep and it's not racist it's okay the this, seminole tribe says it's okay right the guy who comes out on the horse and throws that dope flaming spear <laughs> down into the logo he's an actual seminole yeah so it has their blessing that it's it not okay. racist right big difference from that little kid wandering around arrowhead stadium in kansas city in a headdress and blackface. oh no by the way, did you see uh, <laughs> that kid's mom came out in the media and said, stop criticizing my son. No No one is criticizing your son. They're criticizing you.
4: You shouldn't have let your son do that. That's a parent's job. That's
3: bad parenting. Is to
4: teach your son that that's not acceptable.
3: Hey, listen, I'm, I'm not one to judge parents all that much considering I'm not one yet. At least that I know of. Nope. <laughs> but I know it's a tough job. I get it. There's no tougher job than being a parent. I know it's not easy to be a good one because your instinct is to love on them and give them everything they want, but sometimes you got to give them what they don't want. I get that. I under- yeah. I appreciate what parents do. I'm not here to criticize other people's parenting, but I can't think of a more easier diagnosis of bad parenting than that parenting than to let your kid think it's okay to do blackface and then to take him outside in public at a football game on national television and parade him around like that. Yeah. Is there any, like, easier call of bad parenting? No. I don't think so either. That's horrible. 517 Caller, you're on the air. Who is it and where are you calling from? You got to hit the button. Oh, sorry. Let me try again. Caller, who is it and where are you calling from?
2: Lansing, Mike.
3: Mike and Lansing. What's up, man? You want in the drawing?
2: Yeah. What uh, is uh, 76 gone?
3: Nope, you're good. You got 76, Mike. Anything else? No, sir. All right, man, You're the, good luck, and we'll check back in on Monday. Now, that's how you play the game. Okay. That was very business-like. Yeah. Business Mike. <laughs> Business Mike. <laughs> There's an old rule in talk format radio for calls, but this is really a big market thing, not a smaller market thing. Like, I don't care. I don't mind having people on the line for a while. I like to talk to you. It's, it's, you know, in, in a market like this, your phone board is not constantly lit, so you can do that a little bit longer. But in big market radio, there's a rule. Be brief, be brilliant, be gone. It's like, come in, say your piece, get the hell out. That's what Mike and Lansing just did. Yeah. Now that was impressive. All right. He showed up, took care of business, got the hell out of Dodge, just like Oregon's going to do tonight in Las Vegas. (laughs) Bo Nix is going to show up. He's going to whip it out and pee on the ground to establish dominance. Torch Washington's non existent defense, walk out of there with the Pac 12 title and effectively the Heisman Trophy and a ticket to the college football playoff. It's the last Pac 12 title game ahead of the last four team college football playoff. It's a weekend for lasts. Yeah. Speaking of lasts, the Pistons.
4: Oh, boy. <laughs> we have to t- Do no, we have
3: to? No, I, dude, I spent enough time on the Pistons yesterday for at least. Three ratings periods. Okay,
4: good. Because I don't <laughs> want to talk about the Pistons. Don't worry,
3: I don't either. Now Monday we come back and they they're up to sixteen in a row. That's different. Or seventeen. That's different. Out to the phone line again. It's Jeff. Jeff uh, in Lansing, right?
2: Yes. Well, Mason now was Lansing. Oh, okay,
3: Jeff and Mason. They, uh, what's your pick for the drawing before anything else? Sixty-three. Doctor J.
4: That one's taken. We can give you sixty-two.
2: Uh, how about sixty-eight?
4: Sixty-eight is. Well,
3: hold on. You you probably want lower because you don't want to go over, right?
4: Well, I mean, if you want sixty-eight, it's we can up give to 68. you, Jeff.
3: But remember, if you go uh, over, you you're disqualified. So I'm just trying to help you.
2: I appreciate it. Sixty-eight. All right. I sixty-eight. You. All right. You
3: got sixty-eight. All right. Well, uh, Jeff is hitting on twenty, and I- I'll respect that. What mm-hmm. else you got for us?
2: <laughs> hey, uh, I watched uh, Bye Bye Barry the other day. I know you mentioned yeah. it one time. I want to get your take. Here's what I thought was funny: that little uh, Scott Mitchell, uh, when he went on that rant, and he really was never even mentioned. It was just a little talk about the teams and everything. I thought that was hilarious when I watched it, and I kept waiting for that moment of what he was talking about, and I never really saw it.
3: Yeah, he did not specifically come up, but there, you know, there there was a Dr. J. Am I saying? Am I am I encapsulating this fairly? There was a lot of narrative about if he just had a quarterback, Barry Sanders probably gets a Lombardi trophy, right? Yeah, yeah. And they didn't mention Scott Mitchell directly, but they did show him a couple of highlights. And they also had um Wayne fonts on there talking about how the GM told them, No, we're not gonna trade for Joe Montana, right?
4: Or there was yeah. another one that he yeah, didn't what? trade for.
3: Okay. I don't remember, but uh, I believe. Mo- you. Moon? Oh, Warren Moon. Yeah. Yeah, Wayne Fonz was talking about how he was trying to talk uh, the old GM, I forget who it was, into trading for Montana or Warren Moon. And they're like, no, no, no we're, not, we're good with what we got. So, I, I, look, he, he's right. It's not just his fault. If you want to blame anyone singularly for why Barry Sanders does not have the hardware he deserves, there's one four-letter word that is a last name and also a <laughs> brand of car that comes to mind. <laughs>
2: I got and it's probably a good thing that it took a long time for it to come out about the Montana and moon thing because that's that's pretty devastating for for the man in charge. Oh,
3: that's hard to hear. Now, I don't remember like I was a kid. I was in like 5th grade when that was going on. Do you remember was there any talk about Joe Montana coming to the Lions when he went to the Chiefs ultimately?
2: Uh, Joe Montana has always been my favorite NFL player. I would have known if there was talking, talk, okay. and I don't remember any at all.
3: I don't either, so I suspect you're right.
2: All right, man, anything else? Thanks. That's
3: it. Okay, you're in the drawing. Appreciate the call, Jeff. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, I, look, I get I get why Scott Mitchell was upset about that, but they also never specifically referenced him. However, they're talking about the time, at, at the time Wayne Fonts is referencing when he apparently was – you know, trying to uh, campaign to go trade for Montana or Warren Moon, he was the quarterback at the time. So it's hard not to take that personal, right? Yeah. I I get that. Is he? He's part of why they didn't do better, sure. But I can think of at least a few other things that are way ahead of him in terms of more responsible for Barry Sanders not having a Super Bowl or not even making a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. First and foremost... William Clay Ford.
4: It's always been the ownership.
3: Yep. Yep. I'll tell you guys a story about the Lions that I heard. I'm not going to tell you who said this. I'll just tell you. Obviously, it's a former NFL player. He had spent his whole career at a different NFL market. Not one of the glorious ones, you know, if you want to call him that. So, This was, by the way, in like the... William Clay Ford was still around. This was not the current Lions, so 90s, all right? This guy did not come from Dallas. He didn't come from the 49ers. It doesn't matter. The point is, he was an established NFL veteran. His team let him go because he was on the back nine of his career. and They didn't want to pay him. The Lions did. And he tells a story about his first ever OTA practice with the Lions, the first organized team activity. And ahead of it, the, the night before, you do orientation where you show up and get all your stuff, like your equipment, your playbook, all that crap. So he talks about going into the Allen Park facility and they have the orientation like process set up and you just go through like a line of tables. It's kind of like when you are at a conference or something, you got to go through all the stuff. Yep. So he's going through that and each stop, you get a different thing. And the very last stop is you get your uh, lions, like shorts and jersey that you wear and walk through practices without pads so he picks those up and he gets there and the table's like the guy at the table's like what size and he tells him he gets all that gets his shorts his gym shorts and the very last station is a lions employee and he gets him and he says okay are you paying in cash or card huh and this player again an nfl veteran said what And the Lions employee says, are you paying in cash or card? And he says, paying for what? And the Lions employee says, well, for your equipment. And the NFL player thought it was a joke, like they're playing a joke on him. But the look on the Lions employee's face was clear that was not a joke. And he was confused why this player didn't understand what was going on. The Lions were charging players for gym shorts.
4: That's bad oh no
3: yeah let's just say was Scott Mitchell great no but the Lions had way bigger problems then think about that for a second they were charging their players for gym shorts now I played high school football I didn't play college football I was not nearly good enough I wasn't good enough really to play in high school but when you showed up for fall camp for two a days and got all your stuff now maybe I went to a really fortunate high school I don't think so when Coloma High School, I mean, I did, you know, it wasn't like the dregs, the roof wasn't collapsing or leaking like some of these poor inner city public schools have to deal with and, But also it wasn't, you know, most opulent place either. I would say solidly blue collar, middle class, suburban, or sorry, rural Michigan school district. We didn't even have AP offerings.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Pretty small little school system, right? I show up for the beginning of two days, like the night before, You get all your stuff, you go through a similar orientation. They didn't even charge me. My school, my poor little school, didn't charge its players for gym shorts. The Lions, a multi-billion dollar operation, are charging their players for gym shorts. At least they were back then. Same time as the Barry era. That's just wrong. Yeah, that was the biggest fish to fry. Wow. Not Scott Mitchell. Not that he was great, or he acquitted himself, right? Did you hear what he said, by the way? No, I didn't. He, he went on a social media tirade. Here, I'll, I'll read. It was a Facebook post right after the Bye Bye Barry came out last week. He said, quote, I'm so tired of hearing how I was the reason that Barry Sanders never won a Super Bowl. I'm so tired of hearing how I was not a good QB. My only response is bleep you all. That includes Eminem and Jeff Daniels. <laughs> yeah, because both of them were in the documentary, and they both said, Eminem said, him, this direct quote, Eminem says in the documentary, if we just had a quarterback, and Jeff Daniels essentially says the same thing. Yeah. Uh, look, I get why that pisses him off.
4: But also, they're fans.
3: Right, and it's, it's football. It's the most noticeable position, maybe yeah. in all of sports. Right. If a team isn't over the hump, the number one consideration by any fan is going to be all oh, the quarterbacks not good enough yeah right that's almost always the story they get it's, it's an extreme like you get all of the accolades or all of the blame it's part of the deal too
4: and you should know that going in playing the position right
3: yeah yeah
4: like okay boohoo you were an nfl quarterback
3: yeah All right, back to the free game seventh. Actually, no, I have to do emails first. The emails came in before these batch of messages. So the horse handicapper, formerly known as Daily Double, now relegated (laughs) to the boring moniker of Steve from email. (laughs) I like Steve from email better. Asks for 66 in the bean counter. Okay. It's yours. He says 66 because Route 66 was a good TV show. All right, hey, you know what? Your calculus, you can keep it to yourself. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> just it. I mean, I don't care, but no, you can well. come up. I don't care. Like, you can come up with however you want. All right. Here we go. Our annual exercise on offensive-minded in complete sophomoricism. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know where I'm going, Dr. J? Yes, I'm just going to write it down in the thing right Best right boat Randy says, Give me that family number. Sixty (laughs) nine,
4: Nice.
3: And I assume it's available because no one else listening is a child. (laughs) Just teasing. Hey, one of these days, Randy, this could be really misconstrued.
4: (laughs) One of those days, you'll get it.
3: One of those days, 69 is going to come through for you. (laughs) (laughs)
4: I'm a child. All
3: right. I didn't even plan (laughs) it that way. It just, you know, kind of happened. That's what she said. Oh, boy. Okay. Caught up there. (laughs) Let me go to the free game 730 AM app. For Sparta Gator in Westphalia. In a year like this with so many fun teams to watch, please, God, don't let Florida State waste that spot. I was a Peter Work fan back in the Bowden days as a kid, but I'm sorry. None for the... I'm sorry, none for, the, none for Gretchen Wieners By What? Huh? Gretchen Wieners? Who's that?
4: That's a, a Mean Girls character, I think. Oh, it is? Yeah. All
3: right, what would that have to do with Louisville? I, I don't know. Help me out, Gator. I'm missing the reference. And that is one of the most awful things that can happen to me when I don't <laughs> understand a reference. I'm going to try this again. Dr. J, help me out. He Trying said, to make fetch happen? Is that the girl who said that? Stop trying to make Fetch no, a No, no, no. She's the
4: one who's trying to make oh, Fetch happen.
3: Okay. That's a movie called Mean Girls that came out in like 2005 for anyone listening who's like, what the hell are they talking about?
4: That's my about? type of reference.
3: Sparta Gator in Westphalia says, in a year like this with so many fun teams to watch, please God, don't let Florida State waste that spot. I was a Peter Warwick fan back in the Bowden days as a kid, but I'm sorry. None for Gretchen Wieners. Oh, okay. But. Yes.
4: So I know the reference. In the movie Mean Girls, they were handing out, I think it was like Valentine's flowers, and they wanted to pit the mean girls against each other. So one of their schemes was that Gretchen Wieners was not going to get any of like the candy grams or whatever. So the guy comes in and says...
3: Got yeah. it now. And I got the it.
4: The guy comes in and says, and none for Gretchen Wieners. Goodbye. Yeah. And it like crushes her.
3: Spartagator. I will hand it to you. You have bested me in a game of reference. <laughs> that rarely happens to me. I appreciate the reference. Dr. J, how about you? Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, but, Spartagator, you did not give a pick for the bean counter. So be sure to message that in. We'll get you into the drawing. Joaquin's Beard in East Lansing. Total points Oregon versus Washington 75. Dr. J? Yes. Okay. He continues, a question for you, Beanie. Since U of M is such a cash cow with a lot of wealth, clout, and a massive alumni base, isn't it possible the NCAA might give them the kid gloves treatment as they've done with, Nash, uh, with North Carolina hoops and Kansas hoops? If not, why not? So, um, forgive me if, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, Walking Speard, but I believe context clues would intimate you're asking because of the economic might Michigan represents specifically in football isn't it possible the ncaa will let them off the hook penalty wise i look there is precedent for that yes do i think that's going to happen no but also i need you to hear this too i don't think they're getting the death penalty either but no i think the ncaa is going to relatively mete out a harsh punishment punishment to michigan football here's why look what they did to tennessee in the Jeremy Pruitt scandal. That was, by NCAA standards, it was harsh. They made Tennessee pay like a $16 million fine. Now, what's that? That Money, does it really matter? Well, yes, athletic departments are on shoestring budgets in terms of being soluble. So Michigan could rattle pots and pans and go to the donors. Stephen Ross could give them that, no problem. I I doubt that's a huge issue. But there were scholarship reductions and a postseason ban. And that was... What was happening at Tennessee was essentially illegal, unofficial visits, right? Also, keep in mind this. Tennessee got out in front of that, admitted wrongdoing. The whole thing came out because in Tennessee self-reported the scandal. Michigan did not do that. Someone at Michigan didn't find out about what Connor Stallions was up to and let everyone know. And Michigan self-reported. No. Also... Tennessee self-imposed discipline like so many do to try to take the air out of the NCAA balloon. Has Michigan done that? No. Michigan has done the opposite. They've dug in and had a very public, bitter fight with the Big Ten about this. And keep in mind that Michigan also has the recruiting issue going on. Right with the illegal recruiting during the COVID-dead period, and then Harbaugh's own personal level one violation for allegedly lying about it and obstructing an NCAA investigation. What I'm saying is the NCAA has it out for Michigan before the Stallions' sign-stealing, illegal scouting thing started. Before that came to light, they had it out for Michigan. And Michigan was not proactive about the sign-stealing part of it. So no, I do not think they're going to be let off the hook. But I also don't think they're getting the SMU treatment. It'll be more like what Tennessee went through, I think. I think there will be a one-year postseason ban. I think there will be a scholarship reduction. And if this matters to anyone, and it shouldn't, because it's a fake penalty, I think you're going to see most, if not all, of the last three seasons be vacated. Is that a real punishment? No, but whatever. We can all... It's, it's basically Pontius Pilate come 2023. where it's like... Not my problem. See, I, t- I took care of it. I did what I was supposed to do. I got to go to break. We're back in a couple. Bird.
1: Sure, you could listen to Static. Or you could get the free Game 730 AM mobile app in your app store today and listen longer without the interruptions from the static. Listen live to all your favorite moments in sports and hear all the action. The Game 730 AM app also has tons of great restaurant deals for you. It's waiting for you right now in the app store today. The Game 730 AM app is powered by Driven Collision. We make friends by accident.
2: done.
1: Lansing, a Town Square media station. Lansing Sports Leader. The game 7.30 a.m.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickranger.com or just stop by
3: granger for the ones who get it done from the wrestling center to little
1: caesar's arena we've got the sports opinions that matter to you from the driven collision studios we make friends by accident on the game 7:30 a.m. Purple rain, purple rain.
3: I don't think they're going to be playing Purple Rain in Vegas tonight. (laughs) Although that is one of the coolest things in college football. When Washington wins a big game and they just crank Purple Rain out over the speaker. Very cool. Instead, you're going to be hearing a lot of this. Which is, of course, Mighty Oregon. With a little bit of... (laughs) Mixed over the top.
4: They have duck calls.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Why are we talking about the Pac-12 title game, the last one ever? <laughs> because that's the subject of of today's bean counter contest. You give me the total combined points between Oregon and Washington night from the desert, without going over. Whoever's closest to accurate prices, right? Rules are in effect. We'll win a twenty five dollar gift certificate to the Nuthouse of downtown Lansing. All right, let's go out to the phone line for Ray and Holt, who's been waiting through the break. Hi, Ray. What's up?
5: Hey, man. I'm just going to call you and try to talk to somebody of reason. You know, I was watching the Pistons last night, hoping that they could break this streak, but they just don't play any defense at all. It looked like guys just stand there and let guys drive by them to the hoop. There's just, I don't know, it seems like their defense lacks a lot. I don't know what you think. Have you seen much of them?
3: Well, I think the biggest problem is they just don't have stars. They have one pseudo star. And I think he'll get there eventually in Cade Cunningham, but that's it. Like, look, the formula in the NBA has been out for a while now, at least 15 years. You got to have a big three, right? And they don't even have a big one yet. So a lot of, you know, we, we, there was a lot of fanfare over Monty Williams because he's a hell of a coach and an excellent defensive coach. And they made him the richest coach ever to bring him here, which I think was a win for the organization. The first time the Pistons were relevant in damn near 20 years, but the best coaches still need players. Tom Izzo says it all the time. Greg Popovich looked washed up. You know, he won all those titles with those great players like Duncan and Manu Ginobili and all them. Well, since they've been gone, he's looked awfully mortal, and now he looks great again because they have Victor Wembenyama. So I don't see anything changing until or unless they get players, and I don't see that changing as long as Tom Gores is in charge because he frankly just – it's clear to me he doesn't care.
5: Yeah, he doesn't want to spend money for it. Is that what
3: you – Yeah. Uh, also, like, he can't be bothered to even be here. he He's an L.A. guy now, even though he's from here – and he made a lot of money here. He Tom Gore's, I'm convinced, outside of it being a good investment, because every pro team makes money in every league. And plus, he bought the Pistons and then demolished the Palace and sold the property for a cool hundred million bucks or whatever it was. He's made money hand over fist on the Pistons. It's been a good investment, but I'm convinced it's a it's a vanity project. It's just another it's just another possession he can flaunt and brag about to his glitterati friends in LA. Cause that's, that's who he is. He's, he's a Southern Cal, you know, billionaire playboy mogul type. That's what he wants to do. He can't be bothered to be here.
5: Yeah. But if I was flaunting, I'd want to flaunt that my team was women.
3: So. <laughs> not a priority not, to him though, man. It's just, it's just clear. Guess, he, he doesn't I care. Guess, yeah. So yeah. where I, where I was yesterday with it is I, I don't know what to do. Like, As long as he owns the team, they're going to be futile. So I'm I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. If anyone listening is close to Tom Gores, can you please surreptitiously record him saying something racist? Because that's the only way we're losing him as an owner, if he gets canceled and pushed out like Donald Sterling. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to be so bleak and fatalistic. I just I don't see anything that will change it.
5: Watching that and talking to my wife, I said, You know, when Dumars was there and Rodman and Sally, you did not see this kind of defense. Some guys were blocking shots, doing whatever, and these guys just, a guy watched by them and they only moved defensively. And maybe it's going to take a little while. I don't know.
3: Well, part of it it to Ray is like the NBA now, especially the regular season, is not exactly high effort all the time. So that's just part of the context of the game, of the league now, too.
5: Yeah, which is kind of sad because people pay good money sure. to, to go see an elite game. Sure. And, you know. Sure.
3: I'm with you. But I think the the bigger issue, and, again, I'm not being hyperbolic. This is not hyperbole, Dr. J. This isn't Ugh. hyperbole. Tom Gores has taken what once was one of our most treasured things here in this state in sports, in the Detroit Pistons, and I'm not kidding. He has turned them into the worst professional sports franchise in north america
5: yeah well they're definitely the worst around detroit because the red wings are playing well tigers look like they're working on it and Mm -hmm. the lions definitely are playing well so
3: yep all right man thanks for the call you're in the drawing thank you you know that point he just hit on dr j gave me hope for a while like over the summer and what i mean is I feel like the Pistons actually feel the pressure now. Yeah, of of not you know needing to win a championship, but to do something for the fan base
4: to not be historically awful.
3: Yes, to at least have the semblance of caring, and I think that's why they basically kept coming back to Monty Williams and upping the money until he couldn't say no. They kept they kept upping the money until it was like Monty Williams had to go back to Mrs. Williams and say, "Honey." We don't need the money, and I just wanted to take a year or two off. And I certainly don't want to go to the black hole of the NBA that is the Detroit Pistons. But it would be irresponsible to turn this money down. Yeah, thirteen million a year, <laughs> seventy-eight and a half over six years. I think part of why that happened, part of why Tom Gorse all of a sudden got so engaged, and frankly made his own one and only good move as the Pistons owner, the, and he's owned it since 2011. By the way, and they have the far and away the worst win percentage over that span of any nba team the next worst team has 30 more wins over that span than them so it's not close yikes but i think part of what moved his hand is the owners in detroit and there are only three because the illiches own the tigers and the red wings had gotten awfully comfortable and what i mean is they know and if you ever ask yourself why do we suffer Why are we in one of the greatest sport markets in the world? And make no mistake, Detroit is one of the best sports cities on the whole freaking planet. You always hear about Boston. You hear about L.A. Not so much, really. But you hear about Boston and Chicago specifically. Now, of course, New York gets thrown in there. Philadelphia. You hear about these markets as the top sports markets. People are just naming the biggest markets. There is not a sports market where sports means more than Detroit. I would like to see, I would like to see what the stands look like and what the airwaves sound like in Boston if those people were subjected to what you people have been through. I don't think it'd be as full. Ford Field has been open for 21 years and they've almost all been lean. That place is packed and electric Especially now, because you have something to do that for. But that ain't a novel thing. It's always been that way. The Joe, always full and electric. And I'm not talking about back when the Red Wings were good. I mean the intervening 10 years between the last time they were an actual playoff threat and now. The Joe was hopping. The Palace was one of the premier sports venues in America. And the Pistons were trash for the last 20 years. For the last 10 years that they were in there. You find me another sports market where the fan bases can be subjected to the outright drivel and dregs of professional sports like you people have. You show me where that could happen anywhere else and there would still be this kind of loyalty and this kind of patronage. I'll do the homework for you. It doesn't exist. There's only one place on the whole planet where you can find a pro sports market that has a team in all four of the major North American leagues where the people have been treated so God awfully and they keep coming back. This is the only place that wouldn't happen in Philly. They hold their teams to account in a very petty way. That wouldn't, that certainly wouldn't happen in New York. You watch jet games this year. Yeah, neither do they. That wouldn't happen in LA. Hell, LA doesn't show up when they host the Super Bowl and the Rams are in it. They didn't care. This is the only place. And sometimes that's not a good thing. Believe me, I think it is overall. I'm proud of that. Like, I'm proud of, I'm not from Detroit, but like most of us who support Detroit. Pro teams are not. But I'm, like, I'm proud of of having that, like, reputation of, of, like, the strongest bond. That's a good thing.
4: Well, we're a ride-or-die fan base.
3: That's true. It's legit, yeah. But it also is sometimes a bad thing. Now, I'm not saying it's always a bad thing. I think more often than not, it's good. But if if you've ever asked yourself, Specifically before the Lions started turning this thing around a year ago. But when the Lions were one in six last year, and the Tigers were coming off a disappointment, the Red Wings were still in the middle of a long rebuild, and the Pistons, well, <laughs> the Pistons have been in NBA purgatory for damn near 20 years. And the Lions were starting one in six after all this goodwill last year. If you, I wouldn't judge you if you found yourself wondering why does this happen to us? Why are we here? Why can't we have one good thing?
1: Everything sucks! Why does everything suck? Why can't I have anything nice?
3: That's how you felt before the Lions started turning things around last year. And I don't blame you. Especially with the kind of demonstrable commitment you've had for generations here. But the reason it happens is because of that commitment. Because Tom Gores knows he's going to make money without trying to give you anything. Because the Illiches know that they're going to line their coffers without having to seriously put a contending baseball field on that diamond. Because the Fords know better than anyone else that that building is going to be jam-packed whether the Lions are 8-3 and three or 3-8. Three and eight. It works against you sometimes. And they know it. They take advantage of you for it. That's why I've you know, been a proponent in the past for speaking with your wallet. Now, will it really move the needle? Probably not because the, bigger, the biggest chunk of the money comes from the TV and media rights, right? But what I mean is things started to change once the Lions turned it around. A year ago the Lions started that eight and two run to end the season, and now we're here. And I know it's been a bad couple of weeks for the defense, and it was a very bad week for everyone a week ago yesterday, but still they're eight and three in position, you know, to challenge for the top of the NFC playoffs. When the Lions started turning it around, I think there was some pressure. Because if they're turning it around in Detroit, the Lions, the poster children for futility, if they've figured it out. And they're putting together an honest effort. There's no excuse. There's nowhere to run. The Tigers cleaned house. It took much longer than we wanted, but did you notice it coincided with the Lions turning things around? And now I know the Tigers had a disappointing season, I know, but they cleaned house. And there's at least reason to feel good about the long-term vision for the first time in a decade. And they got some good young players, and they're in a god-awful division. There are going to be people thinking playoffs this year, and I don't think it's crazy. The Red Wings. The Red Wings are one of the most exciting teams in hockey. They made the biggest move of the offseason. Alex DeBrinckit. He's on pace for 46 goals. And they're bringing in his best friend. Now, I know Patrick Kane is 35 And he has less organic hip inside his body than my grandma. (laughs) But he's also, perhaps, the singular greatest American-born hockey player who's ever lived. And he's wearing the winged wheel, and he's playing pretty soon. He'll be playing right next to Alex Dubrinkit, who scored 40-plus goals twice, skating next to that dude. What I'm saying is, three of the four in Detroit have turned things around. At the same time, one of these things is not like the other. Now, Tom Gores ain't an idiot. You don't become a billionaire by being an idiot unless you inherited it, which he didn't. He ran a very successful real estate portfolio. He got rich and a billionaire the way a lot of these people do. He bought up bad properties, rehabilitated them, and flipped them for massive profits. Does that sound like anything he's done recently? Like maybe starting in 2011, considering one of the biggest things he's done so far is sell the property the Palace was on? Do you know the Pistons are worth 300% of what he paid in 2011? He's not an idiot. He knows that he has no excuse. He knows his franchise is the only one in Detroit now that is, isn't in good standing anymore. I bet he's pissed at the Illiches and the Fords. Guys, we had a good thing going. We were printing money without having to try. Hell, I don't even come here anymore. And I just get richer by the day. I thought we had a deal, Chris. I sold my building to become one of your tenants. And here you are, giving the fans hope on the baseball diamond and on the hockey rink. I thought we had a deal. I thought we all agreed that we would put forth the lowest possible effort while also maintaining the slightest veil of seriousness. And we would all be in on this together and continue to get rich as hell. But you three guys are out there trying to win. Well, now I got to do something. What did he do? He went and got the best coach available on the market. And he kept coming back after being told multiple times, no, he kept coming back and upping the money until the answer was yes. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you the Pistons could get players that way. But they don't because he's not interested in that. But the jig is up. The other three have either a contender on the field. Or close and at least have given the fan base a hope for that in the near term. The Pistons are the only one left out. I think he's feeling that. I don't think he cares. But I think he wants to put forth, again, the, the lowest possible effort that still is meeting at that, like, nexus point where he makes a bleep ton of money without having to spend, you know? that's I think that's where we are right now. Is that fair? Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. You guys have gotten me to talk a cumulative 40 minutes about the Pistons over two shows. Oh, boy. People were in a book. What happened? I can't keep doing this. <laughs> oh, no. This is probably rating suicide. No, I, I think people actually are interested because of how bad the losing streak is now. But I digress. All right, let me um, catch up on submissions. Oh, Sparta Gator, Dr. J. Fifth, he wants 59. He says ducks by 50. Okay. Excuse me. Ducks by 50 is what he says. By
4: 50. Okay.
3: <laughs> okay, so he's in. Uh, the email, we're good there. Jim in Lansing says Russ Thomas was another reason Barry Sanders never won anything. He was the GM of the Lions at the time. Russ says he controlled everything. He also says, inbred Fords, you're right, they suck. Well, you know, historically, the ruling elite of Europe were inbred, the Blue Bloods. That's, <laughs> that's why many of them were hemophiliacs. That's true. <laughs> Habsburg jaw. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that's a byproduct of inbreeding.
4: Mm.
3: I don't know. I, I don't think the, the Fords are literally inbred, are they?
4: I don't think so. Did they marry their cousins? Oh, Wait.
3: Yeah, because wasn't, wasn't Martha Firestone like distantly re- related? I have no idea. Or was idea. that just like a political slash business union? I don't know. Between the Fords and the Firestones. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they're Embraer. But it's okay to be mad at them. We just don't have to go there.
4: Mm-mm.
3: Listen, I'm a big believer of what Michelle Obama said.
4: Oh, come on.
3: She said, and I believe it in my heart of hearts, when they go low... We go lower.
4: <laughs> you know, that's not what she said, but that's what you believe. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, I'm a fight fire with fire kind of guy. Uh-huh. You know, I don't mean to get it political, but I didn't know we were allowed to televise murders. And what, what the governor of California did to Ron DeSantis <laughs> last night on Fox News was abominable. This I'm is not, dangerous territory I, here. Look, I'm not into this. Mm-hmm. I could care less. I frankly don't understand why two people who aren't even... Well, I guess the one is running. At least he thinks he is. Yeah. But the, the one from California isn't even running. I don't know why they're debating and why anyone cared. But I just saw some clips on, t- on Twitter. My like nightly routine before I go to bed is just to veg out watching Twitter videos. Whew. Man. Gavin knew some body bag Ron DeSantis, dude. <laughs> I thought what the Packers did to the Lions on Thanksgiving was bad. Woo-hoo-hoo. Damn, damn. And by the way, I don't have either of those capital letters after my name. I don't got a dog in that fight. I just couldn't believe. It seemed like wasn't it set up for the, for DeSantis to win? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was on Fox News. <laughs> He's running for well, maybe he had more to lose because he's actually, well, he thinks he's running for president. (laughs) I got news for him. (laughs) He ain't running for president. Especially after that. Some guy who's not even running just tombstone pile drove your your campaign out the window. My God. Has he fired like everyone today? He should. His entire staff should be fired. They let him walk into that. Mm. What a mess. All right, I should stop. Yes. Because I'm walking into it. You are. I just want to make clear I, I don't have a dog in that fight. But look, I think it's, it, isn't it my job to like call it how I see it? I mean, not yes. about this, but I'm doing the same thing. I watched, just like I watched the games, you know? Okay, I watched, I watched the Thursday night game last night. My takeaway the, the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, his last name is Waldron, he should be fired. Based off of the last play. Fourth and two, you're driving with a chance to win at a bona fide playoff contender. I mean, the Cowboys aren't, they'll be in the playoffs. The Seahawks need the game to stay alive, right? They're in a playoff chase, a hotly contested one. Fourth and two, gotta have it. And what does he call? He calls a slide left on the entire offensive line. To intentionally give Michael Parsons, one of the best pass rushers in the league, a free run at the quarterback. Now, I understand the scheme. The way it's supposed to work is the running back, who's right next to the quarterback in the shotgun on his left, is supposed to immediately dart across the formation and flash right in front of Michael Parsons to make it look like he's trying to block him, but intentionally ole him. Because the whole scheme is predicated on Michael Parsons getting upfield in a hurry so that then the quarterback right before he gets murdered by Micah Parsons does a nice little flick of the wrist, dump pass to the running back who was never blocking in the first place. It was just a fake out who's standing all alone in the flat for an easy 10 yard gain on fourth and two. That's the scheme. That's how it's supposed to work. One problem running back. Number one, Kenneth Walker, the third didn't play last night. Mm. They knew that ahead of the game running back. Number two, Zach Charbonnet, left the game injured. You were on running back number three. Running back number three is RB3 because he's not as fast or talented as one or two. Even if Kenneth Walker III were there, he probably isn't fast enough to flash across the formation like that to make this scheme work because heads up to the Seahawks offensive coordinator... Don't let a 4-3 defensive end have a free run at the quarterback on a play that is predicated on timing. Bad idea! That dude should be fired. Yeah. That was coaching malpractice. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even... Maybe he's a great offensive coordinator. I don't know. I don't need to know. I know that he called that, and he knew he was on his third running back, and that was Micah Parsons right there. What he should have done is moved the tight end to that side and put the running back there to chip because all you gotta do look, fourth and two if we run a play and don't get it but we tried to block Micah Parsons and he's just too good I can live with that because we tried we didn't let the one thing that for sure can beat us beat us, we tried but they invited the Fox into the hen house what the hell? (laughs) I couldn't believe what I was watching (laughs) I watched that in real time and I'm like did they just let Micah Parsons run clean at Geno Smith on fourth and two? Like, no one put a hand on him. The design of the blocking scheme was to make that happen. It's a, it's a slide left protection. The offensive line all went to their left. Micah Parsons was on the right. He I'm not kidding, Jessica. By design, he came in completely free. Full speed? Full speed. speed Uh, running downhill on 4th and 2 at a quarterback who's not particularly fleet of foot anymore. Poor Gino. Poor entire Seahawks offense. Their coach failed them in the biggest moment. They had no chance. It's almost like he sabotaged them. Now, look, the scheme is a good scheme. If it's not a defensive end who runs a 4-3-40, and if the running back also runs a 4-3-40... I could not believe what I was watching last night. Now, I I don't know. Maybe they still don't win the game. It's just like, you know, Brock and I talk about this. I feel like every week on Nachos and Kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. (laughs) Which you can hear on this station and Classic Rock Rock 94.9, MMQ, the Lansing Sports Network, about two hours before every Lions game. We talk about this every week. If you boil it down, the responsibility of a coach is to put the players in the best position to succeed. Did the Seahawks coordinator do that last night? No. He did the opposite. He put them in the best situation to for sure lose the game on fourth and two. They let the fastest pass rusher in the league loose. Question for you. Let's say in my backyard, I have a trap set up because I have a coyote problem (laughs) and I'm sick of the coyote. So I put some bait out in this trap and it works and he's out there in the backyard because I have chickens and the coyote's picking off my chickens, right? Well, I can't have that. I'm going to trap the coyote and call animal control, right? I go out one morning. It worked overnight. He's in the trap. Chicken's all fine. Problem solved, right? If I open the cage, what's going to happen? He's going after the chickens. And me. Yeah. The coordinator for the Seahawks opened the cage. <laughs> yeah, your chickens are going to get mauled. What did well, you expect? He opened the
4: cage and threw a chicken at the coyote at the same he time. He literally
3: opened the cage with one hand and the other he had a hen. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? Oh, my goodness. And this guy's paid millions of dollars. That's the wild thing about it. My goodness. Coaching malpractice on full display last night. Time keeping malpractice on my part. Yes. Back after these words. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports
1: Network. The he scores on the back Lansing's big talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again. Whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.
3: Bird. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show, presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie from Offensive Minded, on the game 7:30 a.m. and Brock Palmbush every week about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions, and audio, local ski mask tales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps, presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason, is also brought to you by Miller Lite on Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Sports
1: Talk and the best play-by-play in Lansing. It's just what we do. We're Lansing's number one source for Sports Talk. The game, 7.30 a.m.
3: All right, we're back. Got a few more minutes for you to get in your bean counter pick. Total combined points between Oregon and Washington in tonight's last ever Pac-12 championship game. Okay? Whoever's closest without going over, prices Right rules, in effect, will win a $25 gift certificate to the Nuthouse of downtown Lansing. All right? So, let me check back in on some entries here. We had one in the free game 7.30 a.m. app. Dr. J, DJ... And Eaton Rapids says, Oregon 37, Washington 28. You don't have to tell me the score break. I appreciate that. That's fine. I just need the total points. So that's 65 if my public school math is correct, right? So 30 plus 20 is 50 and 7 plus 8 is 50. Yeah, 65. He can't have that. All right. So here's what we'll do, DJ. Remember, if you go over, it disqualifies you. So we'll take you a point down to 64. Yes. And if you want something different, you got to message in before the show is over. But for now, DJ in Eaton Rapids is in at 64. Only because we are so benevolent. Mm-hmm. No, no problem. Uh, Dr. J, people want to know. Okay. You know, Michigan State got a football coach since the last time you were on these airwaves.
4: Yes, I did hear about that.
3: What's your take on Jonathan Smith? The higher that
4: <clears throat> is. Well, you know, I love the Oregon State Beavers.
3: Well, that's my fault.
4: I love those beeves. Go beeves. <laughs> Go Beavs. Um, and I watched plenty of beeves games. Because of me. Yes. So I like him. I think that he's a good coach. You know, obviously, I wanted Urban Meyer.
3: Mm -hmm, But you're not Urban or bust. I was
4: not Urban or bust. I just was going to believe that it would be Urban Meyer until I was proven wrong.
3: (laughs) Well, you've been proven wrong.
4: That's fine. And I was was happy to be in that delusional little world where I was happy. Until, I mean, I'm still happy. I think Jonathan Smith is a good hire. I think he'll do well.
3: So what's your expectation next year?
4: I want at least...
3: You know, seven wins. Me too. I, I think seven and five is a fair expectation. Yeah. How do you feel like 14 players have entered the portal since he was officially hired? Mm-hmm. What's your official stance on that?
4: Well, I think we're going to get players out of the portal anyway, so it doesn't really matter if some leave.
3: Yeah. My my take is, why is everyone getting bent out of shape about a bunch of guys who went four and eight leaving? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, bye. I'll help you pack. Yeah, see ya. Go. I
4: think he might bring in some talent, too. Like, he could bring...
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm hearing they're working the portal for a quarterback pretty aggressively. Mm-hmm. So, and there's plenty out there. Yeah. It's going to cost.
4: Well, of course it is. It's going to cost does. seven
3: figures in NIL. But look, that's the, that's the price of doing business now. If if Michigan State, they're, they're paying this guy seven and a quarter. They're reportedly giving him one of, if not the largest assistant coaching salary pools in the country. Good. Okay, yeah, if, if you're willing to invest like that and you're going to say you're being serious, then you're serious enough to spend a million bucks on a quarterback in the portal.
4: Which is the most important position in college football.
3: Like yeah. a, a quarterback yeah. can make I, or break a team. So. Especially for what they're, you know, an offensive-minded guy. Yeah. I think so. But all these offensive linemen are leaving. Have you seen this offensive They're line? bad. There's a By the way, there's a reason why it seems like there's an over-representation of offensive linemen as opposed to other positions who have already declared for the portal since Smith got hired. Do you know why that's happened?
4: Do you want me to answer that? Because I do. Yeah, go ahead. Because they were going to lose their spot anyway to somebody else who comes in and is better.
3: Well, that, but also people only look at it through one angle. They think think that the meeting, you know, Smith comes in and meets with all these players still on the roster and those players are like, yeah, I'm out. Did you ever think that maybe Jonathan Smith said, you ain't good enough to play here anymore? Yeah. You ain't good enough to play my scheme. Right. Because this offense is about a big, nasty, imposing offensive line first and foremost. So yeah, sorry, Kevin Wigginton, You <laughs> ain't cut out for that life. Bye-bye. 5. 7, 42, so Dr. J approves. Yes, I do. Jonathan Smith clears his first major obstacle. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> he has won the heart and mind of Dr. J. I'm gonna give him a chance. Steve and Okamus, right? You're on the line. What's up, man?
4: Yeah, and I'm in bath now, but
3: Stephen Bath. Uh, All right. Uh, but uh anyways I You're in I, bath, I, I but not in the bath, thing. right?
5: Right. Okay, good. I thought she was delusional when she was thinking that he was Urban Myers was coming here, but uh, but I'm going to say 61 points for tonight.
3: You're good. Okay, you got it.
5: And uh, I heard that uh, today. They, have they moved the game for Baylor to an afternoon game?
3: I haven't gotten that official yet. I'll see if I can before we get out. All right?
5: Cause I, he, that that would be the worst thing, having both those games start at the same time, now that they flex the Lions game for that time
3: right well i mean yeah so i'm seeing now they have officially changed it yep so fox has moved that to an 8 p.m tip off on saturday december 16th which is 15 minutes before the lions kick off against the broncos that same day yeah Ugh. and if you think like the parking down there is so obscenely priced now it's going to be even worse for that weekend absolutely
5: all right, man. I hope you get a change, but thanks very much.
3: Yep, Take you're care. you're in the drawing, Doctor J. Do you have a response? He says you were delusional for thinking Urban Meyer would would come here.
4: Well, there was some credible evidence that they were interviewing him, so I don't think it's delusional to go it's, based off this credible evidence. No,
3: it's not. I don't think you're delusional because I look. I, I told you while it was going down, some pretty solid people had some pretty solid stuff let's put it that way and i think they were talking they talked and it wasn't just a hey would you ever no it was serious yeah there were some serious enough that money people were involved right serious enough that urban meyer urban meyer did some due diligence you only do if you're seriously thinking about it i'll just leave it at that
4: so it's it's not delusional he he called
1: around and
3: asked other coaches if they would follow him to east lansing Uh uh-huh purportedly right now i don't I wasn't on the call, but people who would know have told me and I yes. tend to
4: believe that he did that, so I don't think it's delusional to go based off of that evidence,
3: you know, I'm surprised though he's it looks like he's not going to coach next year,
4: well, he must have decided that he didn't want to come back and coach I
3: think it could be that, yeah, he got ducks in a row and then sat back to think about it and just
4: yeah, and maybe. he backed out,
3: and also i I do think look. I, th- I think there's some validity to the fact that he may be holding up for the USC job. Even though USC has made it clear they don't like him, <laughs> which I don't understand. Now, everything I said about USC being a dud in the Big Ten, that changes if Urban Meyer's the boss. Yeah. That changes overnight. Anyway, um, okay. Dr. J, uh, I kind of outed you for your drunken antics in oh. the Ford Field <laughs> oh, stands. No on Thanksgiving against the Packers. Oh, gosh, do you okay. you care to account for yourself?
4: Um, I have no regrets. I didn't do anything that was horrible. I remember everything. I didn't black out. I did drink a little more than I would normally drink, yes, but mm-hmm. I was in a very stressful position and I was going to go to a family Thanksgiving right after. So I stand by my choices.
3: You were also... Uh, look, that was an interesting predicament for Lions fans to be. When's the last time... The Lions felt like they were crapping the bed on Thanksgiving. I don't mean just losing. I mean, you were supposed to win. Yeah. And you were getting pummeled.
4: It, it hurt more than other Thanksgivings, I will say, um, when I expect them to lose. But, yeah. you know, sometimes that happens and it's okay. I still had a good time.
3: You were, uh, you were loud and using a lot of very naughty words. I am allowed to be loud. Yeah, well, it's a stadium, of course, but it, it was... And that's not true. It's not out of character for you to be loud. Right. It is out... No, I was also going to say it's out of character for you to scream the F word, but that's not true It either. is also not true. But in that situation, I thought it was out of character for you because there were children. You've nearby.
4: seen me at football games <laughs> hey, before. look,
3: you know my take. I don't think football games should be family-friendly environments. Right. I think there should be a nasty home field advantage. And I also only... If you bring your kid... To a football game, like a big-time college or pro game, and you're expecting them not to hear or witness vile things, that's on you. Let's just you're say, almost as bad a parent as a Kansas City lady who <laughs> let oh, that gosh. kid out of the house in blackface.
4: Okay, I just would like to say that it was not out of character for me to scream obscenities at a football game. No,
3: no, no. It has
4: happened at many football games.
3: Hey, look, I'm not here to judge because as my wall at my house would tell you mm-hmm. i'm the last one who can judge people's antics when something wrong happens with their football team during a game uh-huh ask my poor wall mm-hmm. which has a gigantic beer stein shaped indentation yes because the Packers let up a punt return touchdown against the godforsaken Bears.
4: And then went on to win against the Bears, <laughs> yeah, so whatever.
3: It, it was about accumulation, an accumulation of special teams gaffes okay. in a year we were supposed to be Super Bowl champs. Okay. But I digress.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, speaking of the NFL, so Lions got to, look, in my position, that defense is, you ain't doing anything with It's bad. Defense. It's not fixable in season. No. I think Aaron Glenn has to be fired. Not in season. I don't think that would fix anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they need a new D coordinator, new approach next year. And also there's this, that defense, don't plan for anything past the opening round of the playoffs. Yeah. That's the kind of defense that makes your playoffs real short.
4: They have no pass rush.
3: Yeah. And I don't see that changing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. And they have Rodrigo playing on offense. Now, hang on. If, if the Packers get in, which at this point I guess we're going for because we already screwed up draft <laughs> stock which that's what I wanted just to have a nice 2 and 15 but if the packers get in and that's who the lions draw then I change my opinion then the lions will win a playoff game because they won't play that poorly against them two times in a row at, at Ford Field they won't and make no mistake what happened last week was not about Jordan Love's development as an NFL passer no it was about how god-awful rotten the Lions' defense is.
4: Yeah, the Lions lost that
3: game. The Packers didn't win. Oh, hey, speaking of the Packers, you know, there's Sunday night football this week. Yeah. The Chiefs are at Lambeau.
4: Okay. Oh, <laughs> do you think she'll be there?
3: Uh, there's Taylor no, Swift? There has been no official confirmation or otherwise. But did you see the, the Swifties, the Swift Army, whatever mm-hmm. we call them? are persecuting Jordan Love now. Oh no. Because at his locker <laughs> this <laughs> week during practice, one of the Packers reporters asked him, like, you know, there's there's some speculation Taylor Swift may be here. Does that matter to you? And he said, uh, not really. No, he wasn't being mean. If you ever heard Jordan Love talk, he's a very even keeled, not not a dynamic kind of person like that. He doesn't get too high or too low. He said, No, um that doesn't really change anything for us, I don't think. And not for me especially. Like I, I don't really listen to Taylor Swift. Oh, it was like it was like he called her a a nazi
4: people are allowed to not like certain types of music oh
3: not to the swifties oh my goodness you know why it's a cult i like taylor swift you're in the cult
4: i'm not i think it's okay to not like her music look i
3: i don't mind her yeah Uh, some of her songs are okay i think i think i think holistically taylor swift is a net positive on the world yes so i got nothing against her i just think this travis kelsey thing's fake i think it's a pr stunt
4: and i think it's true love
3: well, you are the target demo, so it's working. <laughs> the misinformation is working on you. But here's what I was thinking. Like, if Jordan Love scores a touchdown against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football tonight, and they don't play Taylor Swift Love Story mm. as the touchdown celebration, what are we doing anymore? You're right. I got to thinking it would sound something like this. Pretend I'm Wayne Larravee. And, the, like, Love runs one in. Third and goal from the two, and Love takes us up. He takes it himself, and he's into the end zone. The Packers take the lead with 30 seconds left.
1: Said,
3: there, there's so many opportunities for golden references in that song. Romeo, as in Romeo Dobbs, Jordan Love's favorite receiver. It's a love story. This is my favorite line in the song. <laughs> Jordan Love is difficult, but we're stuck with him. <laughs> anyway, they have to do that, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, They'd be missing an
4: opportunity if they don't.
3: I feel like if she's there and they do that, the camera will be on her, and she just has to, like, tip her cap.
4: She would love it, I bet. She has a sense of humor, I think. Dude, she
3: loves all of this. This is all good for her bottom line. That's the point! Oh, well. Or? This is all a very cynical or, marketing campaign.
4: Or she's in love with Travis Kelsey, and they're going to be happily ever all right. after. All
3: right. Well, look. <laughs> there are lots I don't of, believe that. There are a lot but. of fake marriages out there. This wouldn't be the first one. Yeah. Basically, I feel like every political marriage is completely fake. hmm I watched House of Cards. I know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're out of time. Another week has come and gone. Wow, what a shame.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Let me check, make sure I didn't miss any entries. All right, I did. Jim and Lansing wants fifty-one.
4: Um, he can have it. Yes.
3: Okay. One more. Oh, gosh. Hefe. I don't know. You, oh, 57 for Hefe.
4: Um. Yes, you can have that.
3: All right, good. That's got to be it for us today, though.
4: Okay.
3: Well, Dr. J, any closing thoughts? What did you learn? I... Don't get drunk and scream the F <laughs> word in front of kids on Thanksgiving. <laughs> got I, it. I did
4: not learn that lesson, and
3: I'll do it again. Until Monday at four. Be safe and be good.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.